Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby, and this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, we, um, as it was our 20th anniversary today of uh, doing regular shows on TalkSport, we, um, we brought you a cl- an old classic clip, and uh, we spoke to one of the stars of it. Uh, you'll hear that. We also chatted to Tony Evans about the uh, sad death of uh, Jerry Marsden and the significance of You'll Never Walk Alone to him as a Liverpool fan and an author of fine books on the club. And we had a bit of a chat about uh, various things, and so here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Happy New Year. Uh, good, happy New Year and happy anniversary. Oh, yes, indeed. That's right. Yeah, 20 years. It's been 20, 20 years. It's ridiculous, isn't it? But more of that later. Mm. Um, yes, I mean, obviously, uh, Happy New Year. and Christmas was as good as it could be for us. Obviously, Sue's still in hospital, so it's still a bit tricky. But yeah. um, I thought, well, I'll tell you, you know, football can often be a solace, can't it, in these difficult times? It certainly yeah. can. No, not watching Chelsea. <laughs> it has absolutely been grim. I mean, I've heard a lot of stuff on TalkSport this morning. I'll give him time. He needs time, you know. But something has gone drastically badly wrong. And I've seen some, you know, it's not just the players. I've seen some poor managerial decisions, poor substitutions, poor selections. Yesterday made no sense. You've got a team that's brilliant at pressing you, that are right on top of you, and you've got no outball. You've got no Giroud, you've got no Abrahams, and you pick a guy who hasn't scored for 12 games, but you've got two blokes, even despite you're not playing well, are scoring goals. Mm. It made no sense at all. And then never, not to change it. Can you imagine Jose, 3-0 down, not changing it? Yeah. At half time, not changing the system, not trying something different. You know, honestly, uh, Hudson Adoy's consolation goal, I have to say, wasn't much of a consolation. It really wasn't. I mean, it just, I don't know how long it can go on for. I mean, I, we feel that if, if the, don't get a result against Fulham, he's going to be in big trouble, really. I yeah. Mean, but but, but the damage four, has been only done. Only four weeks ago, you were in pretty good shape. You've had a bad run. You know, four weeks ago, Ali Gunnar Solskjaer was about to get the sack. It was mm. his turn in the barrel. So, I mean, you know, these things are cyclical. They can change. You know, you can get... Yeah, it can change, but there's no sign of it changing. I mean, they were, they were pretty poor against Everton, but... Could have got a draw. I hit the post twice. Wolves, they gave away a stupid goal in the last minute. West Ham, they were dead lucky to win. Absolutely. If West Ham had scored, they would have lost that game. Arsenal, for a London derby. I mean, we were horrified. How can you turn up and play like that in a London derby? It was disgusting. Really, We, we made Arsenal look brilliant, and now they've gone on a run. City haven't done that to anybody else this season except Chelsea. You've got to ask yourself. You know, it's all very well saying, oh, they played well, they had this, they did that. They were allowed to play well. 
you know, he's got... I don't understand what's happened to Tomore. Last year, the boy played... It, when Chelsea went on a nine-game winning run, Tomore was at the heart of the defence. He got picked by England. Suddenly, the bloke can't get a look in. Surely he's got to be a better bet at right back if James is out than Aspilicueta, who's, you know, patently struggling as he has been for the last year or so. Mm. You know, you see he was blowing out of his backside yesterday. I mean, it was just ludicrous. I don't know. I just think there's a lot going on. Werner, when he kicked the corner flag at the end, that was brilliant. Wasn't it? Yeah. That was just about to put that tin out it did, on it. It did sort of sum up the game. But in, in, in terms of Lampard then, I mean, you, you think they need to make a change? Is that what you're saying? Well, you've, you've got to look at it. You've got, you know, the bloke's a club hero. We all love him. We're all desperate for him to succeed. You know, they stuck with Hasenhutl and it worked. You know, there's a case for sticking with him. But it's also a case for, you know, thinking, well, hang on a minute. You know, they've lost out of the last six. They've lost four and drawn one out of the last six. They've fallen away badly. They're way off the pace. They don't look like turning it round. I suppose you've just got to give it a bit more time. But if it carries on like this, you have to think you've got a manager like Tuchel's available. Andy Brassel will talk about him. Maybe he could get a game out of Werner and Havertz. I well, you say maybe he could get a game. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But, I mean, you have to ask yourself... Are the top... I mean, I know some journalists... Have, I wrote this down. I mean, some journalists have raised the same issue. Are the top brass saying, look, we've paid a lot of money for Werner and Havertz. You've got to pay, play them. Yeah. Because I could not see why he picked him yesterday. I couldn't see it and why he didn't sub him at half time. He didn't actually play as badly as he has been playing, but he still wasn't on the ball. He still wasn't on, the, on it, you know. And So that's, the, that's it. So not great. And uh, hasn't given me much of a lift over the Christmas period. Well, that's for sure. Maybe they'll give you a good start to the new year, Andy. Um, oh, well. A couple of things to run past you uh, this afternoon. You may have seen uh, Graham Potter uh, not in his trademark tracksuit yesterday. He, he mm. explained that uh, he had decided to put some uh, to put some some of his own clothes on. He said he so he went he went through the cupboard. He said so the boys would see what he looked like in his own clothes, in in his sad gear. I think is the way he put it. Feel sorry for him, and uh, and they might put in a performance. But um, it's interesting that this is a man who's gone from tracksuit to suit, isn't it? Really, I mean, yeah, well, kind of suit. What passes? No managers really wear suits anymore. <laughs> they wear a jumper, much like the one I'm wearing today. Often with a yeah. shirt and tie. The Jose look. Uh, I mean, Pep. Yeah. Pep was wearing a sort of charity sweatshirt yesterday. So everybody's mm. so Pep has really loosened up the dress code, but it's much <laughs> harder because we used to play suit or tracksuit. We used to ask the question of the listeners mm. uh, sometime over the last 20 years. Uh, if David Beckham moves into management, is he suit or tracksuit? Well, he's such a close horse. I'd immediately suit. say suit, wouldn't you? Because he, he would love, like suit. Paul Tisdale, mm. he'd have a million dollars. You never see Carlo Ancelotti in a tracksuit. No, you wouldn't. That's where well, that, that should be. It sounds like it, it's a song. Possibly played on a ukulele. <laughs> I've got a song for you, actually. I've uh, well, it was our twentieth anniversary, and even the producer didn't realise. And I, th- I was thinking, nobody really knows, so no one's going to do much about it. So I thought, well, I've forgotten. Should... I've got to be honest. I know. Yesterday, so I, I thought, well, what how, what can I do to mark this? I thought I'll do one of my little parodies. It's only very short, and I thought I know Paul so loves my singing. I love it. Yeah, I'm going to. I just put my fingers <laughs> in my ears. Do I get embarrassed for you, Andy? That's what I it is when you, you sing. It's sad. <laughs> really but uh, anyway the, we've we've done it remotely the producer assures me that it, it's worked i can't see how it would do well, it worked. but uh, i'm looking at him now he's going worked he's doing that thing with his head technically it's worked he's not sure it's worked creatively anyway okay well look it's the 20th anniversary is uh, it what, long what Oh no, it's about twenty seconds. I think oh, okay. not even well, that. that's about eighteen seconds too long but let's let's have a <laughs> let's have a let's have a listen to it shall we okay here we go 
most of its intro. It was 20 years ago today. Talk Sport wanted H and J. They've been going in and out of style, but they're guaranteed to raise a smile. So may I introduce to you the act you've known forever more? H and J Talk Sport one till four. I mean. You're gonna, uh, Peter G's just he's, he's retired he's downstairs the man who puts our trails together he might give that the full production number who knows well, so, well, well, look, that was that was far that was well actually when I say it was better than I thought it was going to be it t- says a lot really but uh, it was a touch self-indulgent I it, was, it was a little bit but it sounded yeah. you know it sounds like something else would do for you not that you'd, I know. you'd do, I that do yourself really bigging yourself up mate yeah. So anyway, um, we could have a game of suit or tracksuit if we like, a bit of a nostalgia. It's pretty straightforward. It's uh, the player. We just want to know the player and whether they're... when they're, Are we going to go smart, casual, or are we just going to stick with suit? Or We'll call suit what Pep turns out in, what Jose turns out. That does include the, well, you can have a three, the zip-up jumper. Category. You can have suit, track smart, suit. casual, or tracksuit. Okay, suit, tracksuit, smart, casual. Um, which way are they turn it? But then you've got hybrids like Roy, who always wears the club car coat, doesn't he? But uh, underneath is, the, I mean, no, we, we can't include that. It's got to be one or the other. So <laughs> we're opening up, suit, tracksuit. So think of the player. Player, let's, let's think any player currently. Jamie Vardy, what's Jamie Vardy going to be? Uh, I, see him, I see him in a tracksuit. I, I don't know why, but yeah, we both thought exactly the same yeah. thing, didn't we? Um, Troy Deeney. Well, tra- I, I, th- I think Troy will be tracksuit because I think he'll always yeah. be ready to come on even when he's about 52. I think, he's, I think he'll put himself on be... for the last 10 minutes to, to kind of wind people up. <laughs> I think he'd be dinner suit, actually, for, yeah. for his radio career, like Alfred Liddell. But yeah, look, a dinner suit, that would be an advantage. Okay. I don't know if Graham Potter's listening. Maybe he's going to go down the, the uh, dinner suit route. Other thing is, quick one, have you ever played drunk? Have you ever played football uh, drunk? Uh, nothing to be proud of, but Rio Ferdinand no. in today's Sun has apparently uh, admitted that he went and turned out for West Ham uh, after three brandies. He didn't think he was playing that day. He'd gone along, thought he was going to be watching the match. Kitman rocks up and says, get change, you're on the bench. And this is not unusual. A, a, a former Liverpool defender told me about the same thing. He had a big a big New Year's Eve, um, rocked up at the ground, and he didn't think he'd be playing, wasn't going to be in the squad. He was told he wasn't going to be in the squad. So he had a couple in the bar before the game. Yeah. And same thing happened to him. He, had to t- yeah. he played brilliantly. One of his best performances <laughs> of the season. Alan's, Alan's sitting at home listening when well, he doesn't listen. But if he was, he'd be saying, yeah, yeah. so what? Your point being, have you got a couple of hours, boys, for some stories? So, um, no, I, I bet you we didn't, though, Alan. I bet you we never did. Not, not properly. He, no. no, I'm too professional. So, anyway, let us know this afternoon. We're down on a Saturday afternoon or Sunday morning. Have you played uh, a former? Uh, wait, yeah, a former manager of a Premier League club once told me one of his players turned up stinking a booze for training. And oh. thankfully, been given a lift in, so that was a telltale sign. Um, got a cabin, <laughs> no, uh, went good, on the training it? pitch, and they could smell him. They were getting drunk by osmosis, the other players. And <laughs> uh, he was falling over the ball, air shots. And they were all laughing at him. Are <laughs> you all right? And he said, Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm fine, Gaffer, I'm fine. Go and get a shower, he says. Get back in that cab and get yourself home and you're fine. But, uh, yeah. But Bobby, this... Bobby Moore, though, would tell tales, I'm sure, you know, basically they'd have a skinful the night before and they'd run it off in training. They'd sweat yeah. it out. That's, that, was, that was part of their routine. Yeah, I think that's of become tougher. Now. That's become tougher. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Welcome.
That, of course, is uh, Jerry and the Pacemakers. And sad news over the weekend that uh, Jerry Marsden had uh, died. Lovely guy, so a regular guest on the show over the years. Kept touring with the band, kept working, and was always uh, great fun when he came on the show. Absolutely, and, of course, yeah. spoke to us about that song uh, an awful lot. Joining us now, Liverpool fan, uh, author, journalist, Tony Evans. Hi, Tony. Hi, chaps. Uh, happy anniversary, twenty years. Yes, thank you. Right. Thanks very much, Tony. Yeah, it, it's uh, yeah, it was it was really sad to hear that uh, yesterday. I mean, I, I thought it was probably worth it. Maybe people out there that don't understand the kind of history of how it became a kind of cop anthem, really, how it transfers from just a, a show tune, which we'll play a bit of the show tune later on, to a, 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 a big hit in the charts, to uh, this song synonymous with a football club. Yeah, I mean, what's amazing is that in the famous uh, Panorama show in uh, 1964 where they highlighted the cop and singing, You'll Never Walk Alone never featured on it. You know, it was um, it came along a bit later and it was when Shankly went on Desert Island Discs in 1965 before the cup final and talked about his favourite records and obviously they played them. He picked You'll Never Walk Alone and then that seemed to cement it as part of the, you know, the... the not just Anfield, the whole football culture. Because, I mean, you'll remember that in the late 60s and even into the 70s, it wasn't just Liverpool fans who sung it. Lots of other clubs. Mm, yeah. There was even a fast clapping there. That's right, and yeah. United mm. sang it at they times. Did. I mean, people like would never believe that now. But everyone sang it, and then suddenly it reverted back to Liverpool and obviously Celtic and Dortmund. But yeah, it's it's who'd have thought that you know in the swinging sixties that it's you know you could argue that you'll never walk alone has outlasted the Beatles as the the main Mersey beat sounds. Yeah, yeah, very true. Yeah, it's it's incredible. Over the years, Jerry saying it, I was reading, he's saying it at the take that concert at Anfield. He saying it to celebrate Liverpool's Champions League win over Tottenham a few years. He was a proper fan, wasn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, you know, his roots were deep in the city. And obviously, there was other records which you were listening to. You know, he wrote Ferry Across the Mersey. You know, I noticed some of the clubs who were were tweeting about it, Dortmund and Celtic, were saying, oh, Jerry Marsden's lyrics, you know, the the song he didn't write is the one he's most famous for. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But but, but what he did is he translated it in a way that, that touches people and still touches people. I mean, you go in Liverpool and beyond, it's played at weddings and in particularly funerals, obviously not on the blue side, but it's still, you know, it, it's people's, it's become a sort of hymn and a cultural symbol. Yeah. The, I'd forgotten, Tony, completely that that people, other clubs, Tottenham fans used to sing it back in the day. All clubs, a lot of clubs did, but it was like a cha-cha, wasn't it? It was, you're right, walk on, walk on. With hope, yeah. and it was like it was actually it was quite terrible oh, when yeah. you think back. It, ru- it ruined a good <laughs> song, but a lot of it wasn't other clubs, anthemic. No, no, no wonder it died out as a cha cha. I'd say. Yeah, <laughs> that was all through the seventies. Yeah, it was really only in the eighties that reverted again to being predominantly Liverpool. Um, it had a massive, widespread effect. Yeah, and you know, you'd, you'd regularly see other ends across the country with the scarves up and singing it. Mm. It's strange, isn't it? We're going to play a bit from Carousel. Actually, this is this is those that haven't heard it from from okay. the musical. This is this is as as this is what the Jerry and the Pacemakers took and made their own. Where's the lame page? 
So yeah, it's, um, that, I don't know if any, any you can sing that high, Tony. Have you ever managed that on the cop? Are there are there legends? Are there people there that they say, of course, it was old Fred who first started yeah, singing yeah. it, and everybody joined in? Are there sort of uh, cop legends about who was the first to kick it off? You know, I've never really heard anyone claim to be the first to do it, apart from obviously Manchester United fans and Celtic fans, who <laughs> seem to have miraculously uh, have been singing in their fifties, which is just preposterous, really. No, I think it was just a, it was one of those mass, you know, sort of uh, movements that everyone latched onto, and mm. predominantly because of Shankly. And uh, I mean, but I think people also should remember that in those days, not just the cop. I mean, certainly the street under Goodison and probably beyond. The crowd sang all the chart hits of the day. So everyone joins in. And obviously, this was number one. You know, J- Jerry Marsden, three consecutive number ones. Marie Hold until Frankie Goes Hollywood did it in the 80s. Yeah. And, but everyone sang the chart hits of the day. So, on, again, going back to that panorama program, the, the cop is singing uh, anyone who ever had a heart and swaying. So, uh-huh. so I don't think there's any individual could ever rationally claim to be the man who invented you'll never walk alone on the cop. But they never, they never sing, Tony, they never sing Ferry Cross the Mersey, do they, as a, as a chant? I mean, not even the tune or anything like that. And yet, after Hillsborough, it was recorded by McCartney and various other people as a charity single. Yeah, I mean, I think it's because, really, you'll never walk alone speaks to something different. It speaks to a wider thing. It's not just about the city. Mm. Um, it speaks about the, the whole purpose of football, football being a community game, football being, you know, sort of the, that, that unity, that commonality of purpose, which this expresses. I'm not a particular fan of the song, personally. You know, I come up from that generation where I felt a bit hackneyed and... Um, you know, since we had fresher, more vibrant songs. But, but it does actually capture that, that the moment, especially in when things have gone against you, that moment of togetherness and the moment of believing that there is, you know, at the end of the storm, there's a golden sky. And it, you can see why people, especially in football, took it as, as their anthem and continue to use it. Yeah. Good to talk to you, Tony. Appreciate that. Thanks, Thanks very much. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Andy. Hmm. Yes. Um, I've been reading about, uh, Motti mentioned there, Thomas Suchek, who got the winner for West Ham on yeah. uh, Friday night. And uh, he's been talking about how difficult it is playing here over the Christmas period. He's never had to do it. He said uh, "He said it was hard for the first time in my career. Normally, I have three weeks off and I eat some potato salad in the Czech Republic. I think, what says Christmas more than a nice <laughs> bowl of potato well, salad? Well, what says a Czech Christmas more? Maybe it's different. I mean, you wouldn't want to be playing football in uh, Christmas in in Prague. It's cold. No, yeah, so so potato the, salad is yeah, kind of a was, summary thing, isn't I suppose, it? It's more I suppose a, it is really a nice <laughs> light salad as you go out there playing minus 15 in Sparta <laughs> Stadium or whatever. That's very it's true. Good. And Eze, we saw, scored a wonderful goal and uh, is a headline writer's dream, except none of them work. Look, Eze, Sunday Mirror, Eze Peasy. That doesn't Eze, work Eze all, Peasy does it? doesn't work. <laughs> no. It does rely on all, the way you read it. <laughs> all to Eze for Palace. Yeah. It <laughs> doesn't work Should at all. You're being a bit of a pedant, aren't you? Eze <laughs> like <laughs> Sunday morning. Yeah, take it Eze by the Eagles. We could do an album, couldn't we? <laughs> Have you, you know these things that famous like celebrities do? They, they do messages. It's a way of making a bit of money during yeah. lockdown. Some of them don't need the money, like uh, Strictly star Shirley Ballas yeah. has reduced her fees for fans who want a personalised video. Um, basically, she's gone from £83 down to £75. Uh, <laughs> pro- professional Strictly dancer, though, Katia Jones, she's up from £33 to £52.50. These That's are quite, quite random numbers, aren't they? you think they'd be like a tariff, you know, like a certain <laughs> level of celebrity. Celebrity, uh, yeah. up to 50 quid, then there'd be a 7,500. £52.50 sounds like your weekly shop, doesn't it? Really? It does. I'm on, I'm on special offer this week. I'm not eating much week. at the moment. Yeah. yeah, I'm on special offer this week, two for a pound. This is quite reasonable. You could do it like, here are mum, over here, Andy Jacobs, here, I'll throw in, I'll throw in a Paul Augsby, £2.50 a lot. Yeah, open your bag and we'll put it straight in. <laughs> it was a very strange match report in uh, the Daily Star today of the Stoke game. Well done, I've got to find it now. Of course, I've done my classic where I mentioned Oh, here it is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go on, it's it, quick. It, yeah, 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 no problem. Uh, Germany World Cup star Thomas Muller knows all about the formula of success. You have to win games on a windy night in Stoke. For Bournemouth, eager to return to Premier League at their first attempt, it was all about coming on top on a snowy afternoon in the potteries. Yeah. You think, while Muller has only heard about one of the football's cliches at Bayern Munich, I think... How do you know? Has he come out and mentioned? Yes, he has. Yes, he has. Andy. Has he? In, in your, you have been away a bit recently, and Thomas Muller oh, was in a—he was in a press conference uh, recently, and uh, he oh, and said, he said it. Oh, I beg your say, pardon. Then. How do you say it in English football? <laughs> do it on a cold, windy night in Stoke. So yeah, he's—he's he's a bit of a bit of a card, old Thomas Muller. So to be fair, he, no, no, he's he good did, value. Actually. He did say that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, exactly. And TV's Eamon Holmes, uh, 61, says he wears slip-on shoes because he can't tie his laces after being pampered by his mum as a child. I was thinking, nah, it's more to do with the old shape, mate. That's what you've got to tie your shoes up. Come on, come on. I mean, really, you'd learn, though, wouldn't you? It's one of the basics, isn't it? Suddenly there might be a day you, you can't find a decent pair of slip-ons and there's laces. You're going to be falling over. Yeah. Falling and on also, your face. he must have played football, I mean, He loves He's a big man, new fan. He must have played as a kid, surely. Maybe he wore slip-on boots. 
<laughs> seems unlikely to me. Yeah, but it what does, can it you does do? Seem unlikely. Anyway, we did um, ask you about have yeah, you ever played drunk? Uh, Tommy says I was playing a Sunday. This is off the Rio, uh, telling one of the papers today that uh, that he, he'd had a couple of large brandies or three because he thought he wasn't playing in a game, and then. They came up to the players' bar and said, get your kit on, someone's got injured in the warm-up. So he mm. said, I was playing a Sunday league game, says Tommy, in the early 90s, a little worse for wear, not unusual at the time. After two minutes trotting about, I came over to the sidelines to retch. Yeah, sorry about that if you're having a late lunch. Nice. Uh, the manager gesticulated to the ref that he wanted to make a substitution, to which I said, no, give me five minutes, I'll see if I can run it off. <laughs> you can't run that off. <laughs> 25 minutes later, I completed my hat-trick with a full-length oh, diving header wow. in the Keith Houchin style. Got four in a 7-1 victory. Who says drink's bad for you? Kids, don't listen to Uncle Tommy. He doesn't know what he's talking about. It, it is bad for you. <laughs> I, uh, another one from Stuart. I played an evening game in goal after spending all day drinking at a hockey festival. Came on, uh, came for a cross in the first few minutes. Missed the ball and punched the striker in the face, breaking his nose. He went on to score at trick and we lost 5-0, says uh, Stuart. So a good, new, a, a good story of being drunk, if there is such a thing, uh, and a bad news one. As well, the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. 20th anniversary of doing shows for Talk Sport for me and Andy today. And whenever we talk about favorite clips, we ask the listeners about their favorite clips. Uh, this one comes up every time, it's probably the one we get asked for uh, the most. Um, and it's, um, it's almost karaoke for a lot of you, I'm sure you, you'll be able to uh, sing the words as they go along. It involved um, Alan Brazil and Mike Parry working together on breakfast and they were joined by the esteemed TV reviewer and columnist Gary Bushell, uh, who was uh, chatting to him about uh, Bob Monkhouse. This is how it all unfolded. I feel a bit of a fraud today. Why? Because I wasn't watching any TV last night. I was at the filming of the BAFTA tribute for Bob Monkhouse over at the BBC. Is that right? But that was a bit of fun. Oh, well, there were some really nice contributions from a lot of good people, including some of the best of the younger comics around now. You like Jack D, Jimmy Khan, Steve Coogan. Yeah. And, and the clips were absolutely sensational. They got all these greatest one-liners, his mm. acting roles, nostalgia by the bucket. I mean, you forget he was in things like Carry On Sergeant, mm. and, as well as... Well, uh, many people, Gary, forget that he's one of the greatest stand-up comics you've ever seen. Oh, I, I saw him years ago when I was still a reporter in Chester, and at the time we only knew him as the host of The Golden Shot or whatever, you know? I tell you what, he's got a great... Uh, you know, if he has to, he can do a blue version as well, which is meant to be fantastic. Oh, yes, yes. In fact, you can get those on, on oh, um, video still, on DVD probably now. Um, this, this, this show goes out the weekend after next on BBC One. You're absolutely, you, you're absolutely right. You're left with no doubt that Monkhouse was yeah. a giant. Yeah, sure. But oh, no, no, absolutely. Kelly, what about Bob's health now? Uh, he died, um, at Christmas. I think Mr. Brazil was, um, just, just looking a little bit back there rather than forward. Well, we, we right. that's, that's, see, I, see, yeah. I heard, uh, yeah. two different versions yeah. of it, to be the honest. Te- the, te- the terrible thing Two was different that versions, I was told. Two, two different versions. <laughs> yeah, what were those two different versions? <laughs> and, uh, yes, um, yeah, Gary yeah. Bushell joins us now. Good afternoon, Gary. How are you? Not bad. <laughs> I mean, thanks, Gary. still makes me laugh. Right? Yeah, it, it's, I just I always felt for you. Is that, that maybe the, I did the alarm bells were slightly ringing when he started to talk about Bob's blue act in the present tense, and you're <laughs> yeah. thinking, Where, where's he going with this? And then, I mean, for that moment, there's, there is that pause, Gary, <laughs> because it... There is a pause, because I'm thinking, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not an easy one one to deal with on live radio, is it? No, I should have made a, I should have, I, I should just should have said, 
Well, unfortunately, he's dead, but he's still funny than Melon Sue. Mr. Parry's cover-up we've always liked, that he yeah. tried to sort of protect Alan from... And, and then Alan compounds it by saying there were two different versions, and you think, well, what were they? <laughs> Who was going around saying Bob was still alive? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was... Um, do, do people ask you about that when they see you? Funny enough, even this week on Instagram, some, I, put, I think, good Bob, it was 17 years since Bob died... Um, Oh, a couple of days ago, wasn't it? A few days ago. And I just put a picture up on Instagram and someone put in, how is Bob's health? <laughs> Even now. It's funny, isn't it? I, and, uh, Alan, I don't know what I Alan think... puts it down to. I mean, we've talked to him about it and he says, Yo, you get up at half past five every, you know, and he's, 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 <laughs> I just, he had a little mental switch off, but it was, it made for a bit of radio gold, I think. It did. You are on a news programme, of course. You do expect to be up yeah. to date with certain current affairs. Yeah. Like the recent death of one of our esteemed Comedian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love the fact that Alan says if he has to, he can do a blue section. I like somebody's forcing him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we we often play. I mean, we play, but we think we think Bob Monkhouse would have found that funny. I'm sure he would have done. He had a great, obviously a great sense of humour. Very, very uh, forgiving man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> funny but, enough, I watched that, that show that was on in the week, and and the day before it was the. Um, the uh, Billy Connolly tr- tribute on ITV. And mm. just, who is there now who could actually, you could put in the same room as these people? It was so great. Different, yeah. different, of course, in every way. One one being just the comedy coming, just flowing naturally out of their bones. The other one really crafting. But it's still giants compared to, I don't know, someone talking about Marmalade. Yeah, <laughs> I know, he was, he was. And that that show, that the Monkhouse show that went out a, a, a while back when he played just in a, a little club with a lot of young comedians, it was interesting to hear him say how supportive he was of all the young comics. He wasn't sort of bitter, he was very, very encouraging and no, that's true. championed and, uh, that's, them. That's absolutely true, there's a lot of them in that audience, weren't there? Yeah. They, didn't get, they got filmed, but didn't get shown for years because mm. the lighting was so bad. Oh, Really? Yeah, really. Oh, no, Bob, Bob was always on top of all the young comics. He'd always say that he'd, he'd always heard of everybody, yeah. and he, he used to go and see people. Um, and, and he he was always encouraging, always gave good advice, always positive. I, I miss him now, to be honest. He used to phone up here. He knew my wife's name. He just, you know, like it, it, not like it was because he was doing it in a corny way or, or a manipulative way, but just could he knew? Could his memory was so fantastic? Yeah. So it's lovely to think that you're part of the sort of talk sport history, Gary. You're a, you're kind of a major player in that. In that, every but a lot That's of players true. tell us as it's well. Really nice. they it's, love been it. great, it's been a great twenty years for for you two. But um, of course, the other thing I remember most about talk sport is when when I agreed agreed with the boss to come in and do a Sunday night show that was de- de- devoted to show business and comedians and entertainment. And I got there and the and the. The editor on the night said to me, "Right, tonight we're doing Iraq." I said, "Pardon? <laughs> <laughs> what, not the musical?" On me without even telling me, it couldn't be entertainment news. I thought, bloody hell, <laughs> six oh. months of this. <laughs> and you did, yeah. I remember there was a clip we had of you, Gary, years ago as well. I remember because uh, it might have been one of the early shows you did, and you gave out the phone number, uh, I but gave you gave out your tonight. mobile. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brilliant. I, I, I plead the Alan Brazil defence. Yeah, I think that's the way to go. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, well, good. Good. Thanks for joining thanks, us, Gary. Gary. Appreciate it. Brilliant. All the best. No problem.
There we are. Gary Bushell there, a TV yeah, uh, reviewer, and his small part in the infamous How <laughs> yeah. Is Bob's Health, Gary, clip, uh, which we, we get to try it out as it did uh, this Christmas. We played a load of... Uh, we did a Christmas Eve show again, sort of virtually, um, and a lot of listeners on Zoom, but we did play all the classic karaoke-style clips. Oh, yeah. And they're available. That's available as a podcast if you want to go and find that, the, the Christmas Eve show. Christmas Day... We brought you uh, uh, the best of the year with the best clips of the year and some of our favourite interviews of the year, and that's available also as a podcast. We put out on H&J Daily Podcast every day around 5 o'clock, and um, you'll also be able to download the clips of the week. We'll have a fresh batch for you on Friday. Yeah, I wanted to get Daisy Gray on as well with the other, the great, the One great record and Sir Bobby Charlton. Sir Bobby Charlton, but we couldn't track her down. But oh. then it good good of Gary to do that. It certainly was. And... Yeah, and one thing that never changes uh, is Les Holt's fantastic letters to the sun. Oh, yeah. Les, today, that's a top one. Uh, Prince Philip will probably treat his 100th birthday in June as no big deal, but it's a special occasion, and the Queen will want to mark some kind of do, will want some kind of do to mark her husband's milestone. What's wrong with a day's national holiday, says Les? Like, we haven't had enough time off and time at home. Yeah, yeah just what we need, mate. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. From Talk Sport. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. Hope you enjoyed the old uh, Alan clip, two different stories and all that. We'll be back. I'll be back with Andy on Friday, but tomorrow Charlie Baker joins me from one. So listen in if you can. If not, there'll be a podcast at around five. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on Talk Sport. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.